looks like looks like we're live for the first uh Salem First Young Adults YouTube live stream. Last time we had some technical difficulties, so uh we ended up on Discord, which does not record the video, but I did record the audio and so you can you can listen to that if you want to on uh any podcast app. But welcome. I'm just going to assume that anyone who listens to this knows who I am, um, but I'm the young adult pastor here at Salem First Nazarene, and this is just our monthly live streams. Once a month, I'll hop on here and invite you to, to join in and listen in as I, as I attempt to uh, express universal truth, so no pressure there. It's not that big of a deal, uh, but you know, um, we're... A Christian ministry and we just want to help people come to know the Lord for the first time and grow deeper in their knowledge and relationship with him so uh, we are continuing on for our theme for this year 2023 is all about being committed and real quick before I get to that just a uh, a technical point I don't have a pop filter so my P's and T's are probably going to be pretty uh pretty hard, pretty vibrant. So anyway, I hope that that's not too big of a deal. We're going to try to keep these to 30 minutes long, but if anyone in the future joins in or if anyone hops on this video, you can feel free to leave a question in the in the chat there and, and I'll try to answer it or at least, you know, table it for a future video. But yeah, once a month we'll be recording these and then once a month also we'll be recording the live sermons from our Salem Young Adults first Monday meetings and those will be uploaded as well as a podcast so making all kinds of audio for you guys to listen to while you're working or driving or doing whatever you do when you listen to podcasts so our theme for 2023 is committed and uh, we prayed about that as a team wrestled with it for a little bit and just really feel like that's what God has for us uh, for our generation is is teaching us what it means to be committed and commitment and uh, letting your word mean something as well as when you commit to your relationship with the Lord you're committed and uh, our, our generation just doesn't know what it means to be committed for example we do a lot of groups in our ministry and I it's it's crazy how many people commit to a group and then never show up <laughs> so you know that's that's just a very surface level small uh taste into the reality that our generation just doesn't doesn't know what it means to commit to something and so today we're going to talk about two things being committed to prayer and also revival uh not even ne not necessarily being committed to revival but how being committed to prayer is a foundational part of what causes revival to happen and it doesn't happen without that commitment to prayer so I'll go ahead and get into it I'm just gonna follow my notes here unless anyone leaves a question in the in the chat there then I'll I'll kind of redirect but until then I'll just be talking through my notes and I hope that you find something in today's live stream that's either encouraging or challenging or affects a little bit of change in your life and helps you grow closer to the Lord so first of all, what is revival? Um, a re revival is the term that we use to describe mass events of people coming to the Lord. Whether that is a reawakening, 
and it's the church, a revival of the church and uh, people turning back to God and calling out to him, or if it is a first awakening and there's just loads of people coming to surrender their lives to Christ uh, who have never done so before. Either way, uh, very powerful, amazing times. Uh, They are usually, not always, uh, but usually they are accompanied by a pouring out of the Spirit of God, similar to how we saw in Pentecost in in the scriptures when when the Holy Spirit was first given to the disciples and they uh, went out and there was a huge revival in that moment. And so we kind of see these these patterns, these repetitions that are visible through that time in Scripture. Uh, so if you want to read about scriptural revival, that'd be a great first place to go, looking at the New Testament, Book of Acts, after uh, Jesus ascended and his, uh, his disciples prayed. They went into the upper room and they prayed, just prayed, 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 and then revival came from that. So that's perfectly lined up with what we're talking about today, how revival is something that we want you know, we, we need to remember that we want revival to happen. It's not, it, I mean, it might sound crazy to say that it might sound obvious. Like, yeah, I want revival, but um, sometimes we, we say it, but we don't really think about what it means. We really want revival as believers. We really want thousands of people coming to know the Lord. We, we want to see that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit today in our hearts and in our churches and we want to see God moving and and that's what we're we're always want to be praying for that um there's two kinds of revivals public and personal uh and maybe they're not two separate kinds but one leads to another revival begins in your heart when you have a personal revival and that's when you are reawoken or awoken for the first time to the Lord and you just become hungry for him and you want more of him. You want to learn about him. You want to seek him with every part of your being that, you know, and, and that's one thing that the biggest encouragement that I ever got was just have a hunger for the Lord, have a hunger for God, pursue him with all that you are and all that you have. Uh, so that's the personal revival that happens first uh, within someone, but that leads to a public revival, which is just this next level of God pouring his spirit out in a very public and visible way. And that's when we see tons of people coming to know the Lord and having each individual having that personal revival together as a public revival. So once again, we want revival. Don't forget that. Revival is a good thing. Um, The reason I bring that up is because there are a lot of people, a lot of Christians who are very timid to give the Holy Spirit credit for something that is happening. And uh, they're also very timid to call something a revival. And even right now, it's it's big news. It's kind of starting to fall out of the news cycle Um, is very it was covered, I think, in a very shallow manner. Uh, from what I've seen so far, but we have the Asbury revival that everyone's talking about uh, at the Asbury University, and how they just had a had a chapel service, had a meeting, and it never ended. Um, you know, and, and that's awesome. That's something that we want to happen. But there was a lot of people who were embracing that, celebrating it. You know, looking for the live stream. How can I join? You know, how can I even just witness this thing happening? But then there was this side of the fence where people were kind of rejecting it or outright rejecting it. 
And so I, I just want to challenge and encourage everyone um, that we want revival to happen. And even though we need to, like scripture says, test, test the spirit to make sure it's from the spirit of God. Um, but if it's scripturally sound and people are coming to know the Lord and people are being re- reawoken in their relationship with God, uh, who are we to say that something is illegitimate or not a revival? So just remember that revival is a good thing to be celebrated. We want revival to happen, um, you know, and maybe because of what I just described, that mindset of being afraid to accept something as revival or even use that word revival, a lot on the other side of that, there's people who are afraid to pray for revival. Um, and that's something that we do a lot is we pray for revival. That's something that we need to be doing. Because as long as we remember that we want revival and revival is a good thing, then maybe we'll start praying for it more and then we'll begin to see revival. And, and prayer and revival go hand in hand. There's a perfect example of this that I wanted to share today um, about the prayer revival of 1857, which to the contemporaries of its time, they referred to it as the businessman revival, the business man's revival i guess uh and so what happened is this was way back in 1857 so the world was a lot different uh but there was this in manhattan over on the east coast uh apparently a lot of the middle class families were leaving that area and then they're being replaced by businessmen and by immigrants who were coming to be businessmen in that Uh, culture there and so it was all about work all about success all about making money Um, but the uh, church uh, membership was dropping drastically for churches in the area because those core families that were a part of the churches were gone and it was just businessmen trying to make money and work and they didn't have time for God Uh, so a pastor in Manhattan decided to open up the uh, third story, third floor of their church to prayer meetings. And so what he did is by handing out invite pamphlets and just inviting people word of mouth, he started having these noon prayer meetings every day. And he just invited, got as many people as he could to come. And it was very simple. All that they did was pray. It was a prayer meeting with a little bit of guided prayer, some hymn singing, and then they would ask for prayer requests. Very simple. Uh, it was important to them that there was no preaching or teaching, that it uh, it was intended to reach the working men uh, of the area, the businessmen, like what we've been talking about. And like I said, they just got together and prayed. Then this started taking off a little bit, and there was more and more people coming and joining and praying during these noon prayer meetings and financial crisis hit right after that. Uh, there was a bunch of banks in New York that closed down, and it was causing turmoil and financial crisis. People were freaking out. Um, and in that season, the revival, where you'd think people would buckle down and work and not have time for that, actually more people made time for prayer. God really honored that. So the noon prayer meeting blew up, and the first they had to take up the whole church, not just the top floor and then it grew so big that they there was a theater in uh in where was it in manhattan that opened up and allowed and that the most they had six thousand one hundred people 
in attendance at one of those noon prayer meetings. And it, it became so popular that other churches in town started hosting them. All the major cities in the United States at the time were having these prayer meetings where businessmen, people who work, were coming at noon to come pray. And it broke out into revival where these simple prayer times, God honored it. It grew and expanded. They're just seeking God. And before you know it, uh, church membership in the area went up by hundreds of thousands. I read some of the figures of church membership for the different denominations, Protestant denominations in the area, and it was quite awesome how how people were being reawoken to their relationship with God, but then at the same time, new believers and these immigrants that were coming over for work and these businessmen who didn't have time for God before were coming to know him because of a very simple prayer time. So prayer and revival are are tied together. You need prayer to have revival. Um, so let's start talking about prayer a little bit, and I'll, I'll just keep going. What is prayer? Well, very simply, we know that prayer is just talking to God. Um, we believe that there's a creator, a God out there who loves us and wants to be in relationship with all of his people that he created. Um, but not all of us choose to be in a relationship with him. So when we choose to even just pray, to talk out to him, to share our thoughts, our feelings, our worries, our desires with him, uh, it, it brings him joy because that's he wants that relationship with us. And uh, so prayer is, is an important aspect of our faith. The other side of prayer is, is it is humbling ourselves to need to talk to him because we can go through life and and tell ourselves that oh we're good i don't need god i don't need a relationship with him i i don't maybe even uh someone would say they don't believe in god but you know there's others who believe in some sort of a a god-esque kind of a thing out there that um they might not choose to pray to that thing they believe in uh, just because they don't think they need to. Well, as as a Christian, you know, I, I believe that I need to pray, that I can't make it through this life on my own, on my own strength. I'll always make the wrong decisions. I'll always get beaten down, become weak, uh, either say or do stupid things, and it just will not end up in the right place. And so that's why uh, prayer is a humbling experience where I'm saying, I need you, God. I can't do this on my own strength. Another reason why prayer is important, um, and this starts to get into conversations of like predestination versus uh, versus free will, things like that, is we need to remember that God is completely sovereign and over everything, in control of everything. But within that sovereignty, there's an allowance within his will there's an allowance for us to choose to do things that God wouldn't want us to do. And that's obviously sin. That's obviously uh, breaking the, the rules, I suppose. But even just within our hearts and, and the, the desires that we have because of our sin nature, we God has given us the free will to choose not God, which at the end of the day, that's all that this life is, is either choosing God or choosing not God. Um, everyone will get that choice before they die. 
So there's an allowance within his will, his sovereignty for someone to choose not God. And that's where we find our free will. So God, in that, he has chosen to wait to act until we pray for his action, until we pray for something to happen. Um, that's, that's an important concept of prayer that I think that same group of Christians who are afraid of revival um, also are afraid to pray in an authoritative way for things to happen um, because they are worried about overstepping on God's will. Uh, but God has chosen to wait to act until we pray for something to happen. That means that in the context of revival, God is not going to make revival happen if the believers are not asking for it to happen. Revival is an amazing moment where people are coming to know the Lord in droves. And that's what we want. That's what we desperately want to see happen. But if we're not praying for it to happen, then we're just wanting it to happen. And that's not fruitful. That's not fruitful. Prayer is an exercise of surrender. Now, I'm a pastor. I work in ministry. And so sometimes it's really hard to remember that I need to always be surrendered to the Lord in everything that I do. So, uh, for example, let's say I have a project in mind that it's like an outreach opportunity. I'm going to go out on the streets and invite people to eat free food. And then, uh, I'll talk to them about the Lord. And I imagine that a hundred people are going to come be a part of it. And it's going to be cool. I'll have some live music playing and everyone's going to want to come. And then they're going to be hanging out, having a good time. And they're all going to want to uh, give their life to Jesus because of that. There's a big issue with me trying to come up with smart ideas and then working really hard to make them happen and then expecting to see fruit from it. Now, there is sort of a, a balance of me needing to put the work in. But first of all, it needs to be ordained by God. It needs to be anointed by God. So that means uh, I need to surrender even my ministry work, even the things that I'm doing that are intended to reach people and to help people know the Lord. I still need to surrender even those things to God, seek his guidance first, and uh, let go let go and then perhaps God will anoint something like that. So for the example of an outreach event of that nature, you know, I could still have a, a concert with food and invite the city of Salem and hope that a bunch of people show up. But at the end of the day, God is interested in the one and not everything needs to be a spectacle. In fact, most discipleship is not a spectacle and me just humbly praying and asking God to work and to move first, uh, not because I'm so awesome and cool and can invite people and get a crowd together and so perfectly share the gospel, not at all, but because I'm just going to create a space for the Holy Spirit to move and for God to work in people's hearts and an environment like that and to be a non-threatening, friendly opportunity 
to hear the gospel. Um, so that's that's the balance there of we God doesn't do something until we pray for it. So we always need to be praying for God's will to be done, God's will to happen, um, because that's it's an act of surrender on our part. It's an act of uh, reminding him, or he doesn't need reminding, but reminding ourselves that he's sovereign um, over everything. But then within that, uh, God will will honor our prayers and will act out uh, his will to be done. So his will is for everyone to come know the Lord. His will is for everyone to accept the gospel. But because of the allowance within his will, he uh, gives us free. He gives us our own free will to choose God or to choose not God. Um, we need to be committed to pray for revival in Salem every day. Because if we don't, then revival's not going to happen. Even though it's God's desire for revival to happen, even though we know that he has commissioned us to go out, he wants us to, to uh, share, the, share the truth with people and have them accept Christ into their hearts. But if we're not praying for it to happen, there won't be fruit. And we can work and work and work as hard as we can and, and try to argue and debate and do all these things that seem smart on our humanistic side. But at the end of the day, unless we're praying for it, there will be no fruit in any of our discipleship, in any of our evangelism. And uh, when it comes to revival, it starts small. It starts simple. It starts with prayer. And prayer changes our own hearts and leads us to personal, to personal revival. And then collectively, as that just begins to happen in the body of Christ, it blows up and God... God pours out his spirit, and amazing things happen. People come to know the Lord. Uh, salvation is the biggest miracle. You know, as awesome as healing is, and as awesome as uh, any other miracle, gift of the spirit you want to you wanna name, salvation is the number one thing that we could even have a way, an opportunity to live in right relationship with God. So keep that in mind uh, as you're going throughout your days, what it means to be committed to prayer. Let's pray every day for revival to happen in our hearts and in Salem. I'm not saying that we need to first only pray for revival in our hearts, and then when it happens, we can start praying for public revival. I'm saying we need to be praying for both. And in doing so, on a personal level, we will come so much deeper in our relationship with God uh, and then in a public way, we'll see, we'll see the Lord move in our city. That's what we want. Uh, just quick scripture on prayer. First John five fourteen. I got my study Bible here. It's pretty awesome. You should get one if you don't have one really helps, uh, understand what the word means. But anyway, uh, the Holy spirit does that too, believe it or not. Here's first John five fourteen, And this, this is the, the conclusion paragraph of 1 John, so he's written his uh, letter, and now he's wrapping it up, just kind of recapping a few points that he made and giving us a final send-off. And this is part of his final send-off. Part of his desire is, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And it continues on in verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him.
So this is once again talking about that balance of praying that God will wait. Uh, he will withhold a little bit of his will until we pray for it to be done. And when we pray God's will, it happens. And there's that's just the truth. When we pray God's will, it happens. And I can confidently say that it is God's will for revival to happen in Salem, Oregon. That is just a found that is just true. It's simply true. God wants people to come to know him. So let's pray God's will for revival to happen in our city. Uh, let's just start small. Pray, praying. It's the smallest and the biggest act that we can do, and we need to be doing it all the time. So I'm going to end out this now by praying. Thank you for uh, listening, whether you – looks like we didn't really get any listeners in person but or, or on the live stream, but you know, on the podcast form it will be available so you can listen to the audio, and I'll, I'll tweak it. I'll make it sound a little better. But I'm going to pray now, and just remember to be committed to prayer and to pray for revival in Salem every day. So I'm going to pray Psalm 80, verse 19. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. Lord God, I pray that you would restore Salem, Oregon. I pray that you would shine your face on this city that has so much darkness, that has so much pain and evil. Lord, it's full of sin. It truly is. And we see it everywhere we turn. We see it on the streets. We see it in families, Lord. I pray that you would make a difference in this city in a mighty way. Lord, I pray that first you would change our hearts as individuals and help us to have the desire to know you better and to grow deeper in our relationship with you. But that through that personal revival, you would bring a revival to our city and that it would be thousands and thousands of people coming to know you, God, whether for the first time or as a reawakening, Lord. We pray for the same spirit of revival that we're seeing all over our nation to happen here in our town, God, that we may be saved, Lord. And so I, I, pray, I pray that anyone who hears this would just be challenged and convicted to make prayer a daily part of their life. They would be committed to it, even if it's just a small prayer a day, and that we would all remember to pray for revival to happen, Lord. It's that where we want to be. We want to see it, Lord. We know that you do too. So your will be done, God, and please bless bless our city. In your name I pray, amen. All right, that's that. I'm going to press end stream. Thank you for listening. <laughs>